Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. Welcome to another look podcast. I am your host, Brother Kenneth Davis, also known as Brother Kenny D. At another look podcast, we dig deep. We examine our splinters. We examine our planks. We make changes and then we give thanks. This is a podcast that will take a look at the church in America collectively. And we also take a look at the people of God individually. You ready for this? Let's get up and let's go. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Hey, family. Happy Memorial Day weekend from uh, Another Look Podcast. This is your brother, Kenneth Davis. Listen, um, it's uh, been a rough week. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, it's been a rough week, I'm sure, for you, too, with all the events in uh, Texas and Uvalde. My heart's been heavy. Um, but I want, And I want to talk about it today. You know, I'm going to go a little off script. You know, a lot of times I just like to go based on, you know, what God puts in my heart as far as scripture. But this week, uh, well, last week I had nothing. Um, I don't believe in going off a whim. And um, this week really pricked my heart and God said, speak on it. So I'm going to speak. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I'm not going to get into the, the nuances and niches that people like to get into. I'm going to come from a different perspective. But before I get started, listen, I want to wish... Actually, I want to thank all the families that sacrificed the greatest sacrifice, which is the life of their loved ones. To all those who laid down their life for our freedoms, this freedom is not free. I just want to say thank you from Another Look podcast. Thank you for your sacrifice of your life. You know, greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friend. And you laid down your life for this country, for us. And we don't take it lightly. I hope we don't. So I just want to say thank you. From another look podcast from Brother Ken. To the families and the soldiers who gave their best for us. Thank you. And my prayer is that we're mindful this weekend as we... Whatever you see that as a day off from work or whatever you have, you take the time to pray for these families that have um, lost loved ones in defense of this country and our freedoms. Um, so let me get started. As you know, we um, had a major tragedy this weekend. Another loss of children and adults um, in Uvalde, Texas. I believe 19 children dead, two adults, both, I believe, teachers. Um, and really, there's even residual effects. There is, when I said one of the teachers' husbands, uh, Miss Garcia's husband, she was tragically killed shielding her body, shielding the students with her body. Um, her husband had a fatal heart attack shortly afterwards, and he died. And they leave behind four children. So my prayers are with that family. And um, I pray you guys also lift them up in prayer. Because um, that's a hard one. To lose people like that. Um, it's just tragic. You know, think about it. You know, I know people want to get into argument about gun control, etc. And those are relevant arguments. But today, think about this. This weekend, when people usually either pay homage to soldiers who gave their life, 
spend time with family, go to church. We got parents planning funerals for their babies. The oldest of the children, I believe, was, they were 10 or younger, who were murdered. I don't know how you sleep. I, I have a difficult time sleeping knowing that a parent has to bear their child. You know, I'm, I have been fortunate, I've been blessed to, me and my wife have been blessed to have three wonderful children, and we would have given our lives for them, and still would. Thank God they're adults now, but still, I wouldn't want to lose one of them before I go. But to think that they're 10 years old and someone took their life, I can't fathom it. I can't fathom it. it. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts deeply. You know, I mean, we, we, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of thoughts and prayers. I'm tired of us. And I'm talking about us as the body of Christ. Talking. Talking and talking and talking and blaming this and you know, the politicians don't do this, and, you know, this don't happen. You know, if we're the body of Christ, it's, it's amazing how we want to talk about how much authority we walk in and how much uh, dominion and power and dunamis we have when we get in these conferences. Thousands upon thousands of people cheering and screaming and yelling, yeah, we got power, we, you know, we rebuke you, Satan, but yet when it comes to something like this, we look powerless. We look weak. And let me be clear. It ain't God who's weak. It ain't God who's powerless. But we make him. We're, we're supposed to be his representatives in the earth. But then we become numb and quiet. When stuff like this happens. When we should be the ones speaking up. Standing up. Helping out. Taking care of these people's needs. Not just the local church. Where are those mega churches when this happened? Where are all these smaller churches, denominations, when this happens? All the bishops and apostles and prophets and leaders, where are you? And pastors, don't even talk to me about Ukraine when Buffalo happened. Where were you when Buffalo happened? Did you even speak about it in your congregation? Did you speak about what happened in Uvalde in your congregation? All these mass shootings, and you're saying nothing, but you want to tell us how much authority and power we walk in. Man, keep, save that for somebody else. You have no authority if you can't even take authority in the places you live in. God has all authority, but maybe you're acting like you have authority you really don't have. But let me tell you who has authority. We do. We, the body of Christ, we have authority. And then, yeah, I'm saying this when it comes to, I mean, that includes your pastors. It's just that pastors, if you have a leadership position, you should be speaking to the hurting people. Your congregations are coming to church tomorrow and they're hurting. They came to church Wednesday and they're hurting. Did you speak on it? Did you speak to their hurt? Not a five minute comment. Speak. Take authority over the over the woes. Take authority over that region. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
speak to those spiritual principalities that are in that area that are in these southern areas where we want to have our guns and our God and our liberty but we have no authority over the devil speak to the spirit of murder that is taking our kids that are taking our elderly this ain't the spirit of death because the angel of death actually doesn't work for Satan but let's be clear there's a spirit of murder that is all from Satan that is going into these supermarkets in Buffalo and, and the spirit of racism coupled with the spirit of murder coming together and killing your grandparents killing people because of they look like me killing people killing our babies in Sandy Hook in Uvalde Columbine Parkland I mean going to our colleges and killing our kids trying to get a future I don't care about your guns I don't care about your political position but I care about your babies I care about my babies I care about my mother and my grandmother or whoever your grandmother my mother's no longer here God rest her soul but if it was your mother I'd care You know, this is ridiculous, y'all. Look, okay, so let me just say this, you know, and, and, and some of the brothers who probably listen to this know what I'm talking about because we had this discussion on the chat, but you know, we are so well rehearsed in telling what the, and discussing what the problem is, and it's, it's important to know what the problem is. Yeah, we, you have to, before you can come up with a solution, you have to clearly identify what the problem is before you can solve it. But then after you, you identify the problem, the question now is, what can I do about it? See, that should be the question now. Because we went from sadness to anger, but now the question is, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? Not what what should my politician do about it? Because let's be clear. Politicians aren't here to help. I don't care who you are. And I don't care if you're even listening to this podcast. You're not here to help. You're there to keep your power and then make your money off of your power. Politicians aren't the answer. We are. Because there are more of us who aren't politicians than there are politicians. I don't care if you voted for Biden. I don't care if you voted for Trump. I don't care if you love Kamala Harris. I don't care if you love Mike Pence. They ain't here for us. They there to do their thing and to make their money. And then, yeah, I'll even go. I won't even go into further names, but you just go down the line. I don't care who the president is. I don't care if I voted for him or not. And I do vote. I, I go there to the voting booth understanding they're really not going to represent my interests once they get in a position of power. But that doesn't matter to me. You know why? Because I am a son of the one who holds all power. I am a child of a God who is omnipresent, omnipotent, and able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think. So I don't care who the president is I don't care who the vice president is I don't care who's in the senate or the or the house of representatives yeah I care about who gets in there but if they don't if it's more of to the other party that I don't uh, agree with I'm not, I'm not worried about that because God can turn the hearts of those politicians God can make them do things even if they don't want to do it God can steer the course of things if we have the people who will pray they have, if he has people who will pray, who will seek his face and turn from the wicked ways, he will heal this land. 
said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, in other words, stop acting like you all that and pray. Pray his will. But after you pray, get up and seek his face. Turn away from your wicked ways. And that's where we have a problem. We have thoughts and prayers, but we ain't seeking his face and we ain't turning from our wicked ways. And because of that, he can't heal this land. Man, we have to think about this. What are we doing as a people in the body of Christ to affect change? See, here's the problem. This goes, it goes to Numbers 13. I'm going to give you a paraphrase. As you recall, God had promised them in the first couple of verses, I believe in verses 1 through um, one through 3, he promised them that, hey, I'm going to give you this land of Canaan. And I'm, I'm going to give it to you, and I need you to send one leader from each of the 12 tribes to go and spy it out. You know, and he gave them specifics what I want you to look for. He told them, you know, go explore the land. He told them where to go north of the, you know, north through the Negev into the hill country. He wanted them to see what the land is like, find out what the people, find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, fewer, or if there are a lot of them, or if there are a few of them. And what kind of land is it? Is it a good land or a bad land? Do the towns have walls? Are they unprotected? Or, or, or like open camps? Is, is the soil fertile or poor? Um, how many trees do they have? And, and, and they even asked them to bring back samples of the crops to see, you know, um, because it was harvesting time. And so and if you look at Numbers 13, 25, you know, after they came back to the land, you know, they came back and they brought back a report and the report they brought back was like totally opposite of what God told them. God already told them, hey, I'm going to give you Canaan. And when they came back, they told Moses, hey, look, this land is bountiful. There's, it's like flowing with milk and honey. And all kinds of fruit are there. And then here they go in verse 28. But the people there are powerful. And here goes the but. The people living there are powerful. The towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there and the descendants of Anak. And the Amalekites, they lived in the Negev. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the whole country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. And, and you know, basically they basically said, look, this is a land that is basically what God said is, yeah, it's there. But look, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. We can't take this land. And then, you know, in verse 30, Caleb tried to calm them down and say, man, look, chill out. Pump your brakes. Let's go and get this land. We could conquer it. Because he remembered what, what, what God said. And it was not only Caleb, it was Caleb and Joshua. You know, but here they are saying, you know, look, this land we have, it'll devour us up. In verse 33, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to him, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's, and, and, and that's what they thought too. As a man thinketh, so is he. And, and with this tragedy in Uvalde and Buffalo, even the past tragedies in other places, whenever these situations happen, this is how we act sometimes as the body of Christ, is we act like we're grasshoppers. And, they're, and, the, and the issues we face are giants. So that's the question I have. Are you a grasshopper or are you a giant? How can you go to these conferences, conference after conference, convocation after convocation, running around, jumping, shouting, I'm more than a conqueror. And then you act like a grasshopper when the situation comes up. 
earth is groaning for the sons of God to manifest. And when, when, when situations come on the earth, you act like you're a grasshopper. We act weak. We act like we don't have any power. Corporately or individually. And our sons are watching us. And our daughters are watching us. And if they, they're not going to follow what you say. They're going to follow what you do. So we're going to raise up a bunch of weak men and women. Because daddy and mommy were weak. When situations like this come up. It's not enough to be a leader in your church it's not enough to be a leader in your home you have to be a leader in the community and it doesn't mean you have to have a rally and call people next door and all what it means is you have to lead by example what does that mean number one this situation is coming man yeah you need to pray and you need to seek the face of god just like moses did but here's the thing after you pray get up those on you but man i don't think anyone agrees with the murder of children or, or elderly people or murdering people on the basis of race. I don't think anyone on either in either political party or any political party or any, you know, bender or whatever you bend towards. I don't think anybody agrees with that. You could join organizations to help to stem this violence, man. There's always something you can do. But the worst thing you can do is to do nothing and sit there and, and have the woe is me attitude, complaining. We're professional complainers, but amateur problem solvers. Give money to organizations that support your beliefs. If you believe in, in, in the Second Amendment and the right to carry, but you, you're against Violence against children? Find an organization that agrees with the same thing and sow money into them. That's good ground. Yeah, you can give to that. Cheerful giving. If you believe in an organization that is against, uh, you know, that's for the, the banning of assault rifles um, or for stricter background checks, join that organization. Or, or just give, whether it's your time or your money. Give. Do something. You have a blog. You have a, a sphere of influence. Whether you have a blog or a podcast or, you know, um, church. Say something. Don't just do nothing. Kids are dead. 19 dead. This has to bother you. This isn't, we can't live like this. The blood, the innocent blood that's being spilled in this country. Do you not think there's going to be retribution for this? You cannot believe that we will not reap what we've sown. And it doesn't matter whether you did it individually or not. If you agree with this, if, if you do nothing, you're really agreeing with it. If you do nothing, if you say nothing, if you don't give anything to help stem this thing, this violence, this bloodlust we have in this country, if you do nothing, you're agreeing with it. Inaction is agreement. And we can't keep this facade of thinking 
we're, we're one nation under God. No, we're not. Not when we don't do or ask him to intervene. When we don't pray and then get up and do something. Listen, every war, every, every person that God used in the Bible were first called by God, given instruction by God, prayed, and then they had to get up and act it out. They had to walk it out. David had to walk it out. Joshua had to walk it out. Moses had to walk it out. Abraham had to walk it out. Even Jesus had to walk it out. The apostles had to walk it out. You have to walk out your faith. And if you have faith enough to believe that God can turn this around and stop this death and this violence in this country, which I believe, then I am compelled to get out and walk it out. So, of course, you know, I know the naysayers say, well, what are you doing, Brother Ken? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I've emailed my senators. I've emailed my congressmen. I've emailed my local senators and my local and my state representatives. I have joined organizations this week. I have given money this week. And when if you know if they have things in here, I will give time. Because I'm tired of talking. It's time to do something. It's time to do something. We are men or women. Your woman or men, whatever you are, you are an adult, then act like one. And even if look, I've 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 written congressman before, I've written one, and I don't expect them to return it because they don't. I said it because I want them to know where I stand. Not not expecting any reciprocity at all. You know why? Because November's coming up. They don't want to tick their people off, their constituents off who want certain things, and cool. But come November, you won't be getting my vote if you don't. You know? And, and I know people say, well, politics, you know, people aren't going to really do anything because you know, politicians or politics is rigged. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I know one thing. My faith ain't rigged. My faith ain't rigged. In other words, when I pray something in agreement with the will of God, God's going to do it. So, God will do what he said he will do. So, I'm not worried about whether or not they will go along with what I believe. I'm, that's not my concern. My concern is the will of God being done in the earth as it is in heaven. And, yeah, I know, you know, Satan still exists. and I know evil still exists. But I don't care. Because God is greater. We sing it. My God is greater. My God is stronger. Lord, you are higher than any other. Lord, you are a healer. Awesome power. My God, my God. So then why don't we say this outside of the church? Why don't we act like this outside of the church? It's it's weird how we are so we look so powerless when these situations come up. January 6th happened. Powerless. The church was quiet. The murder of George Floyd in, 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 in public view. Church is quiet. Now a few people saying, "Oh, Black Lives Matter." Yeah, right. Until the, until the that dies down. You know, until the next person happens. But then, you know, I mean, the the, the, the children coming from foreign lands, from Mexico and South America, trying to flee persecution and and, and, and destruction. And we 
cage them up. The church is quiet. And when I'm saying the church, I ain't just talking about the pastor. I'm talking about you and me. I wasn't quiet in those situations, believe me, but uh, you just didn't know because you were busy hiding or some of y'all were hiding. People just, you know, you want to be quiet because you don't want to ruffle people's feathers. Well, forget that. Bump that. It's time you shake some stuff up. Because you know what? What you don't deal with now could come home to your home to roost. Oh, you don't think so? Listen, you know, I was just, I was talking to my wife the other day because she's a school teacher and she said they were, they had a small group discussion and a lot of them are, a lot of teachers are worried, you know, and they were saying it's, it's no longer a matter of if it'll happen, they're worried about when it will happen. How should a teacher or a student wake up fearful of the fact that me going to school could put me in a position where I could be murdered? You and I didn't grow up with that fear. But now our, our kids, our grandkids, are going to school afraid of dying. When you take your kid through that line to drop them off at school, you can't tell me that doesn't bother you whether, you, you, whether that kid will come back or not. I, I understand they may have SROs. And for those who don't know, SROs are school resource officers. In other words, these are policemen who are there to protect the student body. But that doesn't necessarily mean someone's not going to do something crazy. We, we can't. We just can't keep going on, y'all. This is crazy. Look. Stop being like the other spies that came back with a bad report. God said we're able to do. Whatever you ask in my name, that shall I do. He said he'll do it. So stop complaining about the problem and get up and do something about it you have the the power in your mouth to speak what you want life and death is in the power of the tongue so speak life declare go to the schools and speak and pray over your schools pray over your children lay hands on the land where the school is and declare the angels of God surround this place. Give the Holy Spirit authority for your kids to pray. Before you go to school, lay hands on your kids. We used to. And give them, teach them how to pray and declare things so that when they're in school, they can pray and take authority in the school. When you take them that line, to drop them off. I know I used to do this. After you drop them off, stay in five minutes. Pull into the parking lot. Declare and speak over that school. Get out your car and touch the ground. Usher in those ministering spirits and angels to watch over your babies, over that staff, over those teachers. Declare what you want in that school that day. Lord, I speak peace into that school. I speak healing into that school. I speak that no broken shall be, bro no bone shall be broken, and no person shall go through any kind of harassment or pain today in that school. In the name of Jesus, whatever you speak, it shall be. You have authority in your mouth. 
God gave it to you. I don't care what people say on YouTube videos. You have authority. Jesus said himself, greater things shall you do when I go into the Father. So if Jesus said it, he spoke it, he gave the authority to you. Don't believe everything you hear. Read the word for yourself. And then take authority in the spirit realm and take authority in the physical realm. Like I said, get in touch with your people who have these authority. And if they don't respond back, cool. Because you've done what God said to do. Pray for them, yes. Don't sit there and talk about them. They're in authority. Pray for them. And if it's meant for them to be there, God will keep them there. If it's not meant, God will remove them. Just like he did King Saul. God puts people in authority and he removes them from authority. But while we're doing this, people, with all that being said, you have to make a decision. Am I a grasshopper or am I a giant? Will I cower or will I stand up? After all that, I still say this. Bottom line is think about this weekend. There's a mother and a father or a mother and a father or grandmother, grandfather was making funeral arrangements for their child. They're making funeral arrangements for their child. While we're, you know, with our families and we're celebrating Memorial Day weekend, there are parents that are weeping in pain because that child, that 10-year-old child of theirs that they raised is now with the father. But they can't. They'll never see them grow up. They'll never see them graduate high school. Nevech Alicia Bravo Jacqueline Cesares, nine. Makima Lee Elrod, ten. Jose Manuel Flores, Jr., ten. Eliana Garcia, ten. Irma Garcia, forty-eight. Uzziah Garcia, Emery Joe Garza, 10. Javier Lopez, 10. Jace Carmelo Luvanos, 10. Tess Mata, 10. Miranda Mathis, 11. Eva Morales, 44. Alethea Ramirez, 10. Annabelle Rodriguez, 10. Mate Rodriguez, 10. Alexandria Lexi Rubio, 10. Layla Salazar, 11. 
Leah Nicole Silguro, 10. Eliana Cruz Torres, 10. Royelo Rolielo Torres, 10. These are the lives that were brutally extinguished from us. for praying for them was over they're no longer here pray for their families and while you're praying this week or next week you know because eventually the new cycle will end and you'll go back to your normal lives you'll forget about them you'll forget about the people in Buffalo you'll forget about tragedies that we are beset with every day because you know it's easier to forget and be entertained you know and, and, and go back to what's normal but those families don't get to go back they have to sit there and live with the memory not so much of the fact it's hard enough to live with the fact that you now no longer have a loved one and I know because you know every day you know I think about I think about you know the loss of my mother every day especially how things happen but you know and, and, and how people die yeah it impacts you it impacts you but, you know, what do you do when it's a child that didn't even get to see their lives? That didn't even get to see, you know, what it's like to be an adult. It's, it's, it's beyond pain. It's beyond pain, man. This hurts. This hurts. And I hope it hurts you. What about the people in Buffalo? Aaron Salter was a former police officer. Ruth Whitfield, 86. Murdered. Catherine Macy, 72. Pearly Young, 77. Haywood Patterson, 67. Celestine Cheney, 65. Roberta Drury, 32. Marcus Morrison, 52. Andre McNeil, 53. Geraldine Talley, 62. people who were wounded who have to live with the memory of what they saw like Zaire Goodman who was 20 Jennifer Warrington who was 50 Christopher Braden who was 55 wounded for being black or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time 
I hope these names are etched in your hearts. Because it's etched in mine. These families. These people. I keep thinking about, did I do enough that day? Not that I blame myself for what happened, but I have authority in my mouth. And to avoid the next Buffalo or the next Parkland or the next Uvalde or the next Sandy Hook or the whatever, the next Columbine, the next uh, Aurora, maybe it's time for us to start declaring and speaking into the earth the will of God that's happening in heaven. Because ain't nobody getting mass murdered in heaven. When are we? And can we please now become giants and leave this grasshopper mentality so our babies, so our grandmothers, so our neighbors can live in peace? I'm doing it. I'm done. Y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend. And just realize while we're celebrating there's a parent in his bed weeping or she's weeping because her babies have been taken think about that talk to y'all later love you. hey thank you for listening to another look podcast for now we're going to offer the call of salvation and i'm going to offer you two scriptures the first one is romans 10 9 because if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved the other one ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So now, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me in faith. And I want you to believe that everything you pray is true and God will answer. So pray this after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin. I recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer to me because of your great love. Not based on anything I have done. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and as Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me live for you with you in control. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Welcome to the family. Feel free to give us a shout out on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or on our uh, you can email us at altrinity1 at gmail.com or you know 
however you choose to reach out to us. But we want to know if you received Christ. We want to make a, a information and materials available to you if you have for your next steps. And if you need a help finding a faith-based Bible teaching, Bible believing church home, we have resources available to you. So we look forward to hearing from you. We are excited for you. Welcome to the family. We love you and God bless you. Love ya. Welcome home, Colombia. Beautiful, beautiful.